In a stadium rich with tradition, the lights shine the brightest. This is the camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Well, the Badgers got back to work on Monday as they uh, got back for their bye week. We also back from the bye week. Jesse, do you do anything fun on your bye week? I went to my in-laws in Illinois. Uh, got away for a day, so I suppose that is fun. <laughs> I uh, yes. So my bye week. Uh, the obviously the, the my wife didn't even know the Badgers aren't playing. Um, so she just so she goes, "When's the Badger game?" I'm like, "There is no Badger game," and she's like, "All right, well, what are you going to do instead?" And I uh, went upstairs and um, got all three of my TVs going in my office <laughs> at the same time and sat down and watched football all day. So, yes, my bye week included a bunch of college football. And there was there were some some good games, some not so good games, uh, not a whole lot when it came to the Badgers. Obviously, a lot of people who were hoping that Wisconsin was going to have a chance to potentially make a run at the Big Ten West needed Nebraska to show up. They didn't. They took a brief lead and then. Casey Thompson got hurt, and it was pretty much all downhill from there. There were some other interesting games. Obviously, Ohio State and Penn State played in that 11 a.m. game, and Ohio State uh, almost covered. Could have got done without that last Penn State touchdown. And and then the late game with Michigan and Michigan State, not too many fireworks on the field, but plenty of fireworks off the field uh, with, with uh, some players getting into uh, a fight and I would even call it a fight. It would more call it an assault. Uh, that's certainly what Jim Leonard would call or Jim uh, Harbaugh would call it uh, Four players from Michigan state suspended uh, indefinitely more video coming out of uh, that incident in the Michigan tunnel. And Jim Harbaugh is, uh, saying, I expect criminal charges for these uh, Michigan state players. And if you watch the video, you can kind of see it. Uh, we'll see if it gets uh, to that point, but some dramatic stuff in the big 10 uh, on Wisconsin's week off. Now they get back. Uh, into action on Saturday as Maryland comes to town, six and two Maryland. Uh, it's not the same Maryland team that Wisconsin has faced uh, the, the first three times that they faced them here in conference play, but um, or since they entered the conference. So it should be an interesting game on Saturday. But Wisconsin uh, will have some help, Jesse. It sounds like uh, they're going to get some some guys back, specifically Hunter Wohler, the safety who's been out since week one, uh, broke his ankle and hasn't played since since week one against Illinois State. I don't know exactly how they're going to work him in because they've got some good play from Kamali Latu and from John Torchio. So where exactly you see him on the field? Could they, could all three of them be on the field? Perhaps. Uh, but we'll get into we'll get into some to more uh, injury updates uh, later in the show. Uh, but I, I feel like maybe we should start with the Jim Leonard talk from today's press conference. Jesse, I don't know what was said at the press conference. And it, look, the, he said last Friday, he told, who, who was it? Or last Thursday, last week, he told uh, Sirius XM that, that a decision, you know, kind of needs to come sooner rather than later uh, on that head coaching job. And and again, I, I, I think we all agree, right? Uh, because uh, there are a lot of things popping up in, De- in December, uh, the transfer portal, the early signing period, and then obviously the, the later signing period in February. There are some dates coming up sooner rather than later. Did it, did it catch you off guard at all, though, for him to say that? For him to actually say, you know, I kind of I kind of need to know sooner rather than later. Well, I think obviously he's trying in every way possible to state his case for being the head coach in in the future. And obviously, what matters is what this team is able to do on the field in terms of showing progress. I've said before, it's not necessarily a specific one loss record to me. 
But um, I feel like this is Jim trying to kind of take the bull by the horns a little bit. And not that he's trying to step on Chris McIntosh's toes and tell him what to do, but that's his feeling. And I completely understand it. Um, I wrote about this a little last week that Wisconsin is in a unique position here because certainly to put everyone at ease in the program and with recruits and potential transfers, you want to make that decision sooner rather than later. Totally understand where Jim is coming from. But at the same time, Chris McIntosh is going to do his due diligence here. And I don't think that it really hurts things all that much to see this play out. We're talking about, as we're having this discussion, less than four weeks uh, before the end of the regular season. It's November 26th against Minnesota. And this is something that Leonard has been preaching with recruits and everybody else who asks some questions is to have some patience that is required at this stage. Um, and there's also, I think the other way to look at this is what would happen if Chris McIntosh did make this decision now and said, Jim Leonard's the coach and Wisconsin goes out and plays four games and is absolutely terrible and looks awful. You may say that may not necessarily impact the long-term future, but I don't think it would be a great look. So I, I can see both sides. And my perspective is, will probably, I think this is more of a waiting game toward the end of November. And there is still enough time before the transfer portal opens, which is going to happen the, the day after the playoff rankings come out and the, the early signing period, which isn't until December 21st. There's still enough time to make that progress, but you want to do your due diligence. So it's, it's this weird space, no doubt about it, where we're all waiting to see what happens. I just don't think right now we're going to hear that decision. Correct. In you know, that was announced or, or revealed last week that they maybe it was the week before that Chris McIntosh was using a what a search committee for the the job. I feel like it kind of allows him to do some some of that due diligence work now to see perhaps if there is a name or two that are out there that you know maybe would encourage him to to maybe push off you know push this back and uh, maybe they would be interested at the end of the year without actually having to go out and, and make those contacts himself. Um, so it kind of allows him to do that. I still don't see any way in which Jim Leonard isn't the coach. And I think, I think the, the sooner you do it, the better. But this past week was the first week that everyone was able to take kind of a collective deep breath. And I know the coaches were out on the recruiting trail, and we'll get to that in a, in a minute because obviously their message on the recruiting trail is not a, a ton of certainty, right? But he was able to sit down and have a conversation with his team about what this could potentially look like. And last week, we had on Jack Nelson and Tanner Bordellini on our uh, Kenny and Heilprin show that we do every Thursday from Monks and Sun Prairie. And they came out and uh, we had a great conversation with them. And I asked them, you know, this conversation was going to happen, what, what was laid out. And, you know, they kind of gave just like he laid out a plan of exactly here's what this is. Here's what this is. But this is what we're going to this is what this would look like. This is what this would look like. Now, he was asked about this as well today. What did you take from that and, and what his message was to the team? Well, I think it's clearly that he has put a lot of thought into this, even though he's only been the interim head coach here for three games and four weeks now. This is something that he wants because uh, that's been a question that I've received. And I imagine you have too from Badgers fans is okay. Leonard came in as an assistant. He was defensive coordinator. That's where he's obviously had a ton of success. Is this something he actually wants? <laughs> I mean, he got put into this spot, but he feels like this is kind of the next challenge for him. And this is what he wants. And so the, the vision that he laid out, it sounded like, and, and I talked to Chimray DK about this, um, 
on Monday. He said that they met in a team meeting room for about 30 minutes and he talked about kind of like what the plan would be for the the year, like the next year. Here's when maybe some changes you'd make in the, the weightlifting portion, but it's it's tough because they still have four games to play. And these big changes, and this is something that Leonard said during his news conference as well, these big changes aren't going to take place now and they can't take place right now. And he's got to be, he's been asking himself these questions about what does the defense look like? If, if he's, will he be the defensive coordinator? If he's not, who would be? What would the offense look like? Obviously that would entail making a decision on the offensive coordinator would be. Um, but I think, I guess I'd stick with that on the, but I, I asked him a, a follow-up question, and I, I said, like, obviously, we are all asking you questions about the future, and I know that you don't have all the answers, but here's another one anyway. Because to me, this is the biggest question moving forward. And I asked him, what do you think needs to change with this program or be different to get it to the level that you hope to get it to? Um, and I think, to me, that's kind of the the biggest big-picture question out there. It's not necessarily what you're going to do in these next four games. But he he talked about, obviously, that he felt as though the, the number one thing about Wisconsin is it's been about the culture and the players. And he said, and this is, I'm quoting him, he said, we have to get back to doing that a little bit better. I think we let some things slip a little bit in that area. And he, he talked about some gray areas. But I think there are a lot of big picture things that can be better. And one of the things he talked about specifically was the player development side. He wants to really put a lot of resources into that to make sure that the players all day, every day can be the best that they can be. And I don't necessarily know what that means, but it's part of this plan that he has. I know I'm talking a lot here, but the point the point no. that I want to make is just that I think Leonard clearly has a plan. He's got a vision, and it was really important for these players to hear that vision, even if it isn't going to happen immediately. And Jim Ray told me, he said, if, if they named Coach Leonard the head coach today, I would be happy. I think a lot of the players feel that way, even though it doesn't always happen the way players want to go. They wouldn't have had Coach Chris fired, but that's how much support that Leonard has right now. Yeah, I guess I don't know what it, what guys would say, anyways. Like maybe maybe off the record, they might they might address that question differently. But I don't think that in terms of Chimray, he's talking the truth. And I asked Jack Nelson, and actually Jack Nelson last week said, if you had a choice, would you want Jim Leonard to be your next head coach? And he said, I love Jim Leonard. I'm not the one that makes that decision, though. He he was kind of he kind of played off. Tanner Bordellini said, "Yeah, I'd take him in a second type of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's that's certainly the case. I thought I was also interested uh, or interesting just to hear him say the changes, like the, they're not reinventing the wheel type of changes for this program, right? Like it's it's a matter of figuring out just a few little things as you as you talked about. It, there are there are a few little things here and there that could make significant differences. Also, uh, on the recruiting trail. And this is mm-hmm. this will kind of get into this a little bit. Uh, Jim Leonard did turn 40 over the weekend. And um, for some people, that's very, very old. <laughs> if you're 18 or 19 or in your 20s, 40 sounds very, very old. But it also does kind of allow he, he does have a little bit of a youthful exuberance to him, a, a little bit of a, a youthful passion to him. He's he, he, he joked that he will never be considered cool, but he does have like the energy that that uh, to interact with guys and meet on their level and be on their level and in both high school and college. And you have to match that 
energy at times to be a successful coach. And that's not necessarily, I shouldn't say to be a successful coach, to be, um, you don't necessarily need to be that to be a successful coach, but it helps in certain situations, especially when you don't have a tracker record. And he, as good of a defense coordinator as he's been, he doesn't necessarily have that track record, right? Like he doesn't have the thing you can point to and say, I've been to this many championship games. I've, I've won this many games. I've won, I've done this and I've done that. So I, I thought the energy aspect of it was at least somewhat notable considering some people's issues with the uh, perhaps perceived energy level of the previous head coach. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely vital. I think for a head coach to be able to relate to those players that he's trying to recruit. And uh, Leonard has had this since he became a coach. And initially it was, Guys wanted to come here because of his track record. Look what he did when he was at Wisconsin. Look what he did to carve out a 10-year NFL career. I want to go and do that same thing. And I think that that's still going to be important. But I also think in his head coaching role, the older he gets and the farther away he gets from that, there's got to be other ways to relate to players, not just I played here 20 years ago or I was in the NFL and I retired, what, eight years ago, seven years ago. So this is going to be really important. And the, the recruiting thing is a conversation in itself, obviously, because of kind of where Wisconsin is as a program and its ability to recruit and the resources that it puts into it. But you've got to put the time, energy, and effort into it to try to maximize the value of, of these types of players that Wisconsin can get. And so that is, that's one of the first pieces is as the head coach, when you go into these rooms, when you talk to the families and the players and the high school coaches, can you match that energy? And so he feels like he can do that. And the other aspect that he talked about, which isn't necessarily different, I think, to what Wisconsin has done in the past, but he's willing to talk about it openly, is he feels like when he talks to these players and their coaches in high school, he said a lot of them feel like they're getting lied to in recruiting, that there is mixed messaging. And so he spoke to the importance of being honest and real and that the more open and honest you can be with these guys, it goes a long ways. And he, he said that this happens a lot with the players that are currently here when they're being recruited, when they come here, that he wants to be able to tell them the truth. And there may be situations where they don't necessarily want to hear that. But if you're honest from the get-go, then you you never have to lie. You don't necessarily have to backtrack on previous statements. And that, I think, is one way that Wisconsin has been able to succeed with certain kids who may be getting interest from other big-time schools. And, and I'm not saying there are specific schools that do that, but in general – when Wisconsin is honest with these players from the outset, they could tend to have more success. And so I think those are two areas. If you are looking at future recruiting under Jim Leonard, where he can have success is, is that youthful exuberance, that honesty. But I, I also do have a lot of questions of what it would look like when he is the head coach, because he hasn't necessarily had to have that kind of role before. And if you want this program to take another step, Look, you don't necessarily need top 15 recruiting classes. Obviously, Wisconsin has had a lot of success without highly ranked classes. But if you can mix in the right types of people with the players that you're already getting, it can help get you where you want to go. And for Jim Leonard and all these players, it's compete for Big Ten championships. How often have we heard Leonard talk in recent years about why he decided to come back? He felt like there was unfinished business, and that was competing for championships. He didn't win a Big Ten championship when he was a player here. He hasn't won it as a coach that's where he wants to get Wisconsin to. And that takes a lot of, a lot of progress and, and some changes, even if they're subtle to get there. It definitely does. And when you're talking about recruiting, let's, let's get into what they have to do at this point, right? Um, yes. Because he is not the guy at this moment. And so he had to go out on the recruiting road and all his coaches had to go out on the recruiting road this past weekend. 
and or in last week and talk to these guys that are either committed in 2023, they're either chasing for 2023 or or you know working on 2024 and the 2023 guys that they've got committed are the ones that are the uh have to be the focus at this point to try and just keep them in the fold as long as you possibly can and he he's talked about it today that they have to preach patience to these guys and you're asking them for patience but you just don't you, i mean like that's something very very hard to ask for when the calendar is coming up so close to having them to make a final decision and it's obviously a lot of these guys have started to get uh, um, what uh, attention from other programs? Other ones have been, you know, guys been offered. Certainly, uh, uh, multiple guys have gotten significant offers here since October first, since October second, when Paul Christ was was fired. And it's not because they don't want to come to Wisconsin. It's just because guys are seeing an opportunity to try and uh, poach some guys, and that's going to be. Uh, I think it's a huge concern. I will say this. I will say this. One thing he did say was. They've gotten great responses from kids and families in a number of ways. Like if things play out the way, this is a quote, things I, if play out in the way that maybe I hope it does, we're going to be in good shape. So that means assuming he's the head coach, he feels good about holding on to the guys that they've got, but that's, it's a very tight turnaround there from the end of the season to, well, you know, uh, the end of what, when they announced the college football playoff, because that's, that's when the transfer portal opens up. And then you're just a few weeks shy of the uh, early signing period. I think if you're a Badgers fan, that is as good of a statement as you can hear at this stage of how Jim Jim Leonard feels about the situation. And I I know I addressed this in our previous show, but I I mean, right now they've got 13 commitments in the 2023 class. And I talked to most of them for a story. And these are all guys that have been committed for months. Wisconsin usually does its damage a little earlier than other schools in terms of generating interest and commitments. And they're in a a holding pattern. But my sense is that if Leonard is the coach and their position position coach stays, that that they're going to stick around. Now, I think that's where it gets tricky is right now, Jim Leonard is coaching on a staff of guys that he's worked with, but he didn't hire any of them. This is Paul Chris' staff. And so he's going to have to make decisions. And I don't know how quickly he would make those decisions or what kind of guarantees he can offer. But for example, I talked to Jamel Howard, who is a kid from Chicago who has since earned an offer from Michigan. And he said that if, if Ross Kalaji, the D line coach was there, then, then he'll be there. Um, But most of these guys have a lot of confidence in Jim Leonard. And they think that if he's the coach that, that they are going to stick through that commitment there was a ton of uncertainty, though, and Leonard has addressed this in the last several weeks. Christopher Tarek, the highest rated player in the class, an offensive lineman, uh, he visited Notre Dame the other weekend. He, he he told me he got a scholarship offer on that visit. He's still set on Wisconsin, but he, he's not the only guy that's dealing with this. Roderick Pierce, a defensive lineman, another kid from Illinois, has gotten multiple offers, um, going to take some visits. I, I mentioned, obviously, Jamel Howard, Tretch Kekahuna, the wide receiver from Hawaii, who's at Bishop Gorman in Nevada has gotten multiple offers and he just visited Oregon. And he's somebody who, this is tough when they say they're hundred percent committed to Wisconsin and yet they're still taking visits. I don't blame them for taking visits because they've got to do their own due diligence in the event that something doesn't work out. Colin Dixon, who has having a great senior year as a wide receiver said, Iowa and Illinois are the two schools that have been on him the most. And he said he might take visits. So they are Leonard and the staff is preaching patience and the response has been good. And yet at the same time, these players have to worry about themselves. But if things remain the same and it's the status quo and Chris McIntosh ultimately does hire Jim Leonard, let's say that comes on 
Sunday, November 27th, the day after the Minnesota game, I think they wind up getting, I can't say all of these kids, but there's a good chance that they could get all of them. And if you lose one or two guys from this class because you had to wait, I think that's okay. Like, obviously you don't want to lose a commitment if you're this program, if you're a Badgers fan, but you've got to do what's best for the long-term future of this program. And guys that want to be here, I think, are willing to wait this out for four weeks because they will still have options. There's November 26th, is still four weeks out from the early signing or the early signing period, which begins December 21st. So they're in good shape now. And they did just get a 2024 commitment um, with the first one in that class, the first one since Leonard became the interim coach. So I think that they're doing the best they can right now, but it's a holding pattern for everyone. It is. I mean, I, they haven't lost anybody yet, right? Let's uh, so until that starts happening, I kind of feel like you just have to sit back, relax and uh, try and have some patience. Like, uh, <laughs> like all these, like they're asking all these other guys to have patience. The guys that their future is uh, very much not up in the air by any stretch. They're going to have options, but this is a, a very, I'm sure, difficult period for all those guys that have committed to Wisconsin and they just don't know certainty. There's no certainty, even though we all believe that this is the way it's going to go. There's no certainty in that. But Wisconsin, as you mentioned, did get their first commit. In the uh, 2024 class, his name is Austin Alexander. He's a quarterback out of Illinois. Wisconsin was his only offer. Uh, in reading about him, I didn't. I honestly didn't. I'll be honest, did not know a ton about him. But reading up on him a little bit, sounds like uh, he's a guy that had uh, a really good season as a junior. Um, got some uh, length to him at six one as a corner, and potentially, potentially could have some more uh, offers coming his way soon. But Wisconsin jumps out early. I know he. He came and visited Wisconsin earlier this year for or this earlier this month for a game. So it's a nice uh, addition, but it also speaks to, I mean, a guy wanting to be here more so than uh, potentially knowing who the coach is going to be. Yeah, that's kind of what it is right now. I'm, a, I'm honestly a little surprised that anybody would commit at this stage, but you hear this cliche all the time that you should commit to the university and not the coaches. Uh, that's easy to say, but when you're trying to develop a relationship with coaches and you spend years being recruited by them and then they leave, it doesn't feel like the same place probably that um, when you were recruited. But I think this speaks to just not to go off on too much of a tangent, the success they've been having in Illinois, I think is absolutely vital for the future of the program, especially in years like 2023, where they don't have a lot of in-state talent. I know 2024 is different. But it feels like they've been doing a really good job in that state and identifying talent early. But absolutely, this comes down to a kid who wanted to be here and maybe other offers will come in the future. This was his best offer. This was the only offer. And I mean, I don't know what is going to happen with this kid, but I think it's a it's a good sign for the program that you can do this because it had been months and months since there had been any movement publicly in terms of the, the recruiting. Not that they haven't been putting in the effort. But when the, the team isn't winning, when you've got a small class to begin with, when there's a coaching change, it's just a waiting game. So maybe this can begin to help open the doors. But honestly, what's really going to open the doors is whenever Chris McIntosh <laughs> makes his decision. And if it's Jim Leonard and Leonard talked about this before the buy, too, and I asked him about it, then they can go really hard at a lot of kids because the messages that they're telling them doesn't change but there's just a whole hell of a lot more certainty behind them on both sides. Right. And uh, what's, what's the one thing that's going to be helping Jim Leonard get the job? Winning Uh, games, winning games. (laughs) Exactly. What helps you win games, healthy players and Wisconsin is going to have some healthy players coming up when they take on Maryland this Saturday. They are uh, there. 
I wouldn't say they're getting healthy. They're getting healthier. They're, they're still, uh, they still are pretty beat up in, in, in various places. But the big, the big name that I mentioned earlier on was Hunter Wohler, not on the injury uh, report for the first time since the opener. And uh, it looks like he will play. How do you think that they work him back in? Is this going to be like an Alexander Smith situation where he's kind of uh, a spot guy for the first week or two, and then kind of his, his playing time ramps up? Because if you look back at what Alexander Smith did, uh, obviously he didn't play at Northwestern. He was dressed. Then he plays a little bit. Uh, against Michigan State, kind of in the slot, and then they throw him out there for seventy some odd plays against uh, uh, against Purdue, and he was by far their uh, leading guy on the outside in terms of snaps. So, do you, what do you envision? Because they've gotten some they've gotten some nice play, uh, certainly from John Torchio. John Torchio has been was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week against uh, after Purdue. Uh, Kamoi Latu, the Big Ten Defense Player of the Week after Northwestern. So it's not like they've had like huge breaks. Uh, they, neither of those guys probably had the greatest game against Michigan State. But what is wh- how do they break uh, Hunter Wolder back into this this rotation? I think this comes down to what he can handle physically. And Jim Leonard said that during the bye week, Hunter was able to actually get on the field and get some reps to work through some of those things physically, but also build the confidence in the injury that he can step back in and and be a contributor. I wouldn't be surprised if it's similar to the Alexander Smith type of situation. Kamoe and, and Torchio obviously have been developed into stalwarts and very good players. And so I don't know if you just come right in and, and rock that boat, but Wooler is too good not to play. I, I'd be curious, and something Leonard talked about as well, is there could be a situation where all three safeties are on the field at the same time. I think what's more likely is that it'll be a rotation of three guys to keep them fresh. And and certainly down this stretch run over the last four games, that's something Leonard said as well. So maybe he doesn't start right off the bat, but you get him some reps in, in, I think, key moments to see where he's at. And the more confidence he has in himself, the more reps he's going to get. But I I won't be shocked if he's starting by, you know, a couple weeks from now. And certainly by the end, last game of the season, he's just that good. Yeah. He, and, Graham Mertz was asked like kind of what he would, what he brings to the table. And that is, and he said speed. Uh, he, he, he referenced a couple of times or uh, mentioned a couple of times where he's, he has to look him off for like an extra second because mm-hmm. when he tries to throw the ball uh, down the field, uh, he is able to close on it really, really quickly. Is it potentially could have him, uh, you know, work in the slot? Like if, uh, if they want to have him on uh, three guys at the time, because they, they've done that in the past where they've had three safeties, but they've had so much depth at quarterback too that it, it's kind of uh, it hasn't made sense. Usually, it made sense if you didn't have the depth that you have at quarterback, but they do right now, and and all those guys are healthy, and so all the safeties are healthy, or uh, most of the safeties are healthy. Obviously, Preston Zachman's still out, and uh, they haven't had Travion Blaylock all year. But I mean, it's a it's a good problem to have, and as I think we both agreed, and not that this is actually held true because I said I thought Marcus Allen was going to be the next big thing on offense, but um, I thought. Hunter Wohler had a chance and has a chance, still has a chance to be something special on defense and not having him for an extended stretch like they have this year has, uh, hasn't been great. Kamoi Latu has just been an, an absolute godsend though for them. Um, the ability to, to throw him in there and for the, him to play at, at the level he has, but getting Hunter Wohler back is significant. He's not the only one, obviously that they're uh, potentially going to get back for Saturday. Hayden Rucci, not on the injury report. Um, Cole Dokovich, not on the injury report. Chase Wolf, not on the injury report. So we'll see. I, I, I don't know. Like you would hope that uh, uh, Chase Wolf isn't needed, uh, assuming Graham Mertz stays upright. And, and I don't know if they would throw Chase Wolf out there right away in, in, in this week, but 
those are a couple guys that, that stood out. And then obviously uh, Riley Mallman as well. He, he did play obviously against Purdue, but it sounds like he could have a bigger role against Maryland this week. Um, and then two guys that have been pretty banged up, Keanu Benton and Nick Herbig. Keanu Benton said he feels he, he's been dealing with the knee injury. He feels uh, brand new almost, uh, but the, the bye week was good for him to get away, did some fishing. And then Nick Herbig, who was essentially a cheerleader against Purdue on the sideline, only kind of a, a using case of emergency type of guy as he deals with a bit of a knee injury. And I think some other things that are going on with his body in general uh, said that he will practice this week and then he'll see how he feels going into Saturday. But it feels like, Jesse, they're getting a lot of guys back at uh, a, a key time. And certainly they're not in the mix for a championship at this point. But uh, a lot of important games, not just for the guys, but also the Jim Leonard and, and everybody else. So these, while these games in most years may not mean a ton, even though they are rivalry games uh, to an extent, especially the final three, it uh, they, they are meaningful. Yeah, uh, they're clearly going to need it for the stretch run here. So the bye came at a good time. But I, I would argue that this is one of the most important months for the program that I can remember. And it's not about, I think we remember that, was it the Gary Anderson year, the November to remember? Uh, yeah, Vince yeah, which somehow worked because they won all the games in November. <laughs> like there, there are years where they're in a Big Ten title hunt and they've got to win these games to go to a championship. Um, certainly, they haven't won one in a decade now, but it was exciting if you were a fan. It was exciting to cover because they were in the mix. They're not in that mix, and yet at the same time, I genuinely believe that this is a more important November than any of those others. Um, maybe 2017 because there was a, a actual legitimate. <laughs> playoff berth on the line. But when you consider the implications for the future of the program, that if they continue to make progress, if they win some of these games, don't necessarily have to win all, but do enough things right that Jim Leonard can be the coach, then ultimately he can have the opportunity to fulfill the vision that he laid out for these players last week. These players have a little bit more certainty and security in, in what's going to happen for this future. Because if that's not the case, obviously it's a coaching staff overhaul. Tons of these players are going to hit the transfer portal. Everything's going to be completely different next season. And certainly while even if Jim Leonard is named the coach, that doesn't guarantee future success. But I think it makes people feel a little bit better based on his credentials to date and a little bit of the continuity that is so important to a program like Wisconsin. And for all those reasons and many others, yeah, this to me is about as important of a month uh, as I can remember in, in covering this team over the last decade for not just this month or a bowl game, but the future of the program. All right, so it's an important it's an important month. Then uh, I was uh, <laughs> it's right. It, it doesn't like it seems it just on the on the surface though. Like on the surface, there's no championship. No, nope. there 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 are three uh, trophy games. Eh, I'm going to say two and a half. I don't even know. If, I'm not even going to count that Nebraska game as a trophy. That's just a that's just a Gary Anderson uh, fever dream of a trophy. So there's that, but th there's more to it as you, as you laid out. It's not just, it's not, it's not just about the trophies. It's just not about uh, game to game. It's a potential future of the program and, and the future, what it could look like. So getting these guys back significant uh, for sure. I, I have no idea how they're going to work some of these guys back in. What exactly do they want to do along the offensive line? If, if Ryan yeah. Mallman is ready to play more, where is, where is he? Is he your right tackle? And do you move Trey Wedding inside to guard, which a spot he had played at a bunch? And then what do you do with Tanner Bordellini? Is he then back to your jumbo tight end like he was for the first little bit of uh, the Purdue game before they benched Michael Furtney? And, and what, what do they do with Michael Furtney? They've given him some chances here. 
Um, got benched against Michigan State. Got benched against Purdue. Maybe he's not completely healthy. I don't know that, but maybe he's not, and maybe he's not able to play all the way up to the level that he's capable of. But the offensive line is is kind of not in flux. You have options. It's a lot better than having to force guys into spots because you have injuries, like they did against Ohio State. But I, I still don't know exactly how that's going to look. What do you think? I have no idea. This is a fantastic problem to have. I feel like Riley Malman is one of your best tackles. He's one of your best offensive linemen, but we've seen a lot of really good things from Trey Wedding so so early. Like they obviously have a situation where they can use somebody as an extra blocker, as a blocking tight end for a, a lot of snaps, but like that's not the ideal situation to be in if you're one of these players. I would think that it will be Malman if not this game, then kind of like the Hunter Wooler situation at, at a certain point over the next four games. But I mean, if anything, that that type of an injury to a guy who's I felt like going to be a stalwart builds up depth and quality for the long term, because I don't think we would have seen Trey Wedding. And, and um, I think he's been excellent. But I think the guard situation, I mean, I can see more of Tanner Bordellini he, uh, to me again, like we said at the start of the season. One of the five best linemen, you just didn't necessarily know where he was going to be. The left side is is a little more certain with, obviously, Jack Nelson, Tyler Beach, uh, and uh, Joe Tipman. But somebody's going to be left out <laughs> unless right. you just unless you just go six linemen on the field with the extra blocking tight end. And frankly, we might see that quite a bit. We might see it a lot of bit, but uh, quite a bit. But then again. Hey, Rucci's going to be coming back likely here yes, uh, there very is that. soon, very soon. And and the reason that you've been using the extra blocking tight end is because, well, obviously the injuries in the room, but specifically to that, that, uh, that inline blocker, like a Hayden Rucci and like a Cole Dokovich. And both those guys obviously did not play against Purdue. There's a chance that they play against Maryland. So maybe you, you wouldn't necessarily need them again. These are not horrible problems to have. There are much better problems to have than, than uh, previous uh, to that. Um, some guys that are still out, Isaiah Mullins, uh, still out uh, the inside, or I say the defensive end, who uh, has now missed uh, some time. Not really sure when when he'll be able to uh, to get to get back. But uh, And then obviously Ches Malusi, who is still out. There's a chance he can come back here towards the end of the year. But I thought you know what Isaac Randall gave them last week against Purdue is intriguing. And I... <sighs> I just feel like he's a he's a home run play waiting to happen anytime he touches the ball. And I'm not saying Chez wasn't, but Chez wasn't. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Isaac Rendo is is that big play, uh, just a different guy that scares people when he's on the field because of that speed. And so good to get him involved last week, healthy this week, and and uh, him and him and Braylon Allen. Uh, obviously, great week off for Braylon Allen too after getting uh, dinged up against Purdue. Um, and he's hoping he's going to be 100% heading into this game against Maryland. It, it, the game against Maryland, uh, Wisconsin is favored, but only by five. They've won most, I, I believe they won on average these games against Maryland by over 20 points a game. I feel like this is probably not going to be one of those games. What do you think? That would be my assumption, too. I don't think you can, <laughs> I don't think there's a game on the schedule where I can see Wisconsin winning by two plus touchdowns at this stage. Obviously, they destroyed Northwestern, but that's a terrible Northwestern team. Um, <laughs> I know they played extremely well against Purdue and that that's part of the equation to this. And we probably addressed this after the Purdue game is you don't know who's going to show up week to yeah. week. It feels like Wisconsin could potentially be turning the corner, but it felt that way after the Northwestern game. And then they go out against Michigan state and it's a lot of the same issues in terms of an inability to execute consistently. 
So I don't see this game being a blowout. Um, I won't be shocked if Maryland comes in here. This is one of, certainly one of the better Maryland teams Wisconsin has faced since the Terps came into the league, maybe the best. Um, won't be surprised if they come in here and win, but I expect Wisconsin to be competitive. And I, I, I mean, don't know what version is going to show up, but this to me feels like a close game. And uh, Tiger Viola, it sounds like he's going to play. So uh, that's what Mike Loxley said. Uh, it's It felt like he's lean. It felt like it's heading that direction. Um, they did not have him the last time they went out and uh, they didn't play great against uh, Northwestern, but they were able to to win that game. But having him back in the lineup, one of the better quarterbacks. I mean, behind CJ Stroud, you could say he's the second best quarterback in the in in the conference, maybe uh, up there with uh, well, Aiden O'Connell versus not Wisconsin teams, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Graham Mertz statistically, statistically right up there. So it should be a good matchup and uh, an interesting one. Wisconsin looking for back to back wins for the first time this season, and uh, we'll see if they can get it done. Uh, Jesse, thank you very much. Uh, we'll catch up next week. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Zach. All right, there he is. Jesse Temple from The Athletic. You've been listening to The Camp.